Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Have you heard of lightening the blank up? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we still like it, Coach, I think. Uh, I think. I don't know. I heard he was a jerk to somebody else, too. Not really? that he was a jerk to us, but he just wasn't. He wasn't a jerk to us. He just was not playing along in yeah. any way, shape, or you form. You play along, damn it! Someone else that interviewed him said the same thing. He's just like, Totally just, just ice cold. Mm. Okay. Guys like I got no time for guys like that. I got no time for you. No. I think about some of these other guys that have come on. Great. Have a great time. Like yeah. uh, Matt Campbell, he was doing the secretary jokes Thank with us. you. You know? Yeah, us and the secretary. And Tom Herman, he's good. I wasn't here for that one. No, but yeah. he was cool. Uh, Kingsbury was good. Oh, yeah, he can mess Chris around Kingsbury. with him a little bit. Who else we mess around with? Uh, Dabo, remember Dabo, he's at the yeah. stoplight or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Coach Sweeney was 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 good. It, uh, Coach Fisher, Jimbo, even even Coach Saban was cool yeah, until he, he kicked us off the phone. And he did he did that to somebody else. Yeah, he took he, out his he, anger he, on some he, poor he, schlub he, as opposed to us. No, he ripped his main PR guy. Yeah, and who ripped Mikey B? Appreciate your time. Good talking to you, and uh, I'll. Uh, oh I hope to see you somewhere down the road. Okay? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, can, can, can any one of y'all play linebacker? <laughs> they got some injuries at that position. But anyway, yeah, he was cool. Uh, but Dave Doe, no, no Doe. Yeah, I mean Saban had a laugh or two. In right, that, maybe, I think. Yeah, I mean there was or at least maybe not a laugh. There were a couple of chuckles. There was something. In yeah, there was got some resembled some sort of personality. Yeah, he had a pulse. Yeah. Dave Doe, no, no. All right, so uh, Tony Romo did his first Cowboys game on that? Sunday. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys talked about it yesterday. No, we but did I, not. You know, I, I thought that he was more reserved than he has been in these other broadcasts. Uh, he's starting to back off yes, a little bit. Yep. And I think that he was really, really conscious this week of not sounding like a Cowboys homer because mm-hmm. people, and he even mentioned it on the air. He's like, yeah, I got the producer and I got you, Jim, in my ear telling me, don't say we, don't say we. And even at the end of the broadcast, Jim Nance said, you not even not one we from Tony Romo. <laughs> so I think he was. I, I think that's cool, for, uh, first of all, G, that, uh, that they could have some levity about that situation sure. and discuss right. what, what's being discussed behind the scene. That is so true. And that goes back to what we're talking about with Doran. It's like sometimes like it's okay not to be so. We're talking about sports for crying out loud. I mean, especially with so much bad news out there. Every mm-hmm. single – just lighten up right. about it. And we know it's big business, billion-dollar industry, but, yeah, it, it, it's sports. And and, I, and, and I'm going to let you finish, but Greg Popovich said something the other night after the Spurs game. Hey, I, I, he really gave a short – uh, had a short statement after the game. Hey, considering what just happened in this community or near this community of San Antonio, uh, I'm not going to discuss basketball and just walked away. Yeah. Uh, so you've got uh, you got Tony Romo with all eyes on him, and it's sort of ironic that the game that I thought he was the most reserved in, the least over the top, is the one that the most controversy has come out of. So I believe it was Marcus Peters mm-hmm. avoids a tackle yes. in this game. He, as, he avoided uh, Zeke Elliott. Yes. As a cornerback, he's mm-hmm. not the first guy to do that. He's not no. going to be the, the last. No. 
So Tony Romo, during the broadcast on CBS, makes a reference to another corner who made a living out of doing such things. I'm telling you, he's really good out there at the corner off coverage, but in tackling? Not his thing. No, and he makes Deion Sanders look good at tackling sometimes. All right, so that is a reference that a lot of people (laughs) would use. And, I mean, if I remember correctly, Deion Sanders used to use the line when he would avoid tackles that that was a business decision. He would say that himself. So, like, when I heard that, and I heard it live, I was like, you know, big deal. Like, whatever. Well, not, (laughs) I mean, big deal sarcastically. But apparently it was a real big deal to Deion Sanders because on the NFL Network yesterday, I mean, he just went off on Tony Romo and turn this into a thing. I, I tried my best to take the high road, but I don't know. I don't know the address to the high road, so I got to come at you, man. You, 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 you ten years as a starter, you're two and four in the playoffs. You ain't won nothing. I tried to bury the hatchet. Both of us work for CBS. I went and shook your hand and say, Tony, you're doing a great job this year. I thought that would be it. But nevertheless, you keep on shooting at me. <laughs> Tony, what's going on, man? I got a gold jacket that I didn't buy. <laughs> Dak says hi. <laughs> and bye. <laughs> Tony, leave me alone, man. I got a lot of ammunition, man. How many interceptions? How many interceptions? <laughs> 19 and 2012. Come on, man. You threw to everybody but me. <laughs> Tony, come on, man. You know you never won the big one. You know you never won the big one. So stop, man. Leave me alone. I tried to take the high road, but I don't know the address. Uh, funny. Very funny. But it's something about that NFL network. Everyone's sensitive over there. We, we had the uh, Steve Smith uh, junior stuff, and, and, and now this. Uh, but Steve Smith really wanted to beat somebody booty. Yeah, and I would uh, love to see that. No, you don't want to see him oh bite, my God, bite. Come on, awesome. Uh, Steve Smith knock uh, out Michael Irvin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one is interesting because Tony is correct, and, and Dion has admitted to the fact that he wasn't going to hit anyone, and, and nor did anyone want him to hit anyone, and he said they didn't sign me to tackle, they signed me to cover, and he would do exactly that. That's the reason he has that gold jacket, because he was a hell of a, a shutdown cornerback and a kick returner uh, to boot. So uh, I don't understand why he was so saying I would have just, yeah, you're right. I, I was, uh, I would avoid a little kind of, I mean, there's a way for him to to, to agree with Tony uh, and have some self-deprecation in, in this situation, but uh, interesting, he took that. Uh, that lane and, and that avenue uh, and, and took shot back at Tony. Maybe there's something else festering. It sounds like this has been going on for a yeah. while in some yeah. of his comments. Now, do you think, though, that because people were laughing and Dion seemed to have a good time with it. Uh, now, when I first saw it, I said, all right, he's definitely too sensitive. But do you think that Dion, the showman that he is, knowing that he's on TV now, has this opportunity to say something about Tony Romo? And as Wrestling Pete will tell you, it's called cutting a promo, right? To cut a promo on Romo. I mean, maybe he saw this as his opportunity to like, you know what? This will be good. This will be good TV. I do think that there's a possibility for that. It might be a little combination of both. Like, I'm going to take this to the air because I think it's going to be good TV. And I am annoyed by that comment. But I... Tony Romo to just and, and to me it's just like a toss away thing of all the thousands of things he said during a game mm-hmm. for for that to really strike that much of a chord for Deion Sanders is surprising to me so that's why I think part of it is just like listen 
Let me uh, let me go ham on Tony Romo for a couple minutes here, and I think we can all have some fun with that, you know? Maybe so, but uh, when you get personal, start relaying stats in the manner in which you did all oh, two and four in the playoffs yeah, yeah. and uh, 19 interceptions that one season, and, and you, you threw them to everyone except for me. <laughs> what about jealousy? What about well, jealousy? Well, Tony Romo is like the bell of the ball right now right. in and broadcasting. Now, is, is he jealous because Tony Romo straight out of the playing field gets the job like that where he's part of the number one broadcast? And well, not only that, it seems like everybody thinks he's the man. Well, he, he, he's good at what he's doing. And we're, we've all been surprised that he's caught on as quickly as he has. And as you you said earlier, he has pull back somewhat because he was he was getting ahead of himself stepping on on Jim but that's part of the reps he's gonna right. it takes reps and and when you have people talking in here while you're trying to talk and you're trying to make your point and decipher what they're saying to you it takes a little while to get used to that so it, he he will have some growing pains but for the most part uh, he, he's he's done pretty damn well and, and I would hope there's not jealousy there because Dion has had a, a long career in broadcasting he was at CBS still does some stuff the Thursday night games uh, that CBS involved in he's been on inside the NFL Showtime he does his NFL network why are you jealous because others have come along step right off the field and being put in a cozy situation some have panned out some have not so why are you upset when you're you're doing the same stuff that he's doing, Tony Romo's doing, in, in terms of being part of the, the, the broadcasting uh, business? Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, these guys are, are very competitive. Like Steve Smith, to me, like I can – he's always been a little bit nuts, and he's also fresh off the field, and he doesn't like anybody messing with him. So that I understood more. You know, this one was odd to me because, I mean, it's been a long time since Deion Sanders has played, too. It's not yeah. like something that like he's trying to wash off the stigma of him being a bad tackler. Someone who's not interested in tackling. I mean, you he, have the film to prove it. You didn't want to hit anyone, and he even used to say it himself. Yeah, I guess it goes back to that where you know I can talk about my family member, but you can't. Maybe it's that situation. But I don't understand why you got all huffy and puffy about it. He should have just said, "Yeah, man, he was right. I wasn't gonna hit those." You 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 couldn't even absorb a hit. Maybe you should have just said that. Yeah. You shouldn't have hit anyone either. Right. As fragile as your body was. I mean, Tony Romo is an easy target, though, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty easy well, target. Well, I mean, you, you and, and that was a great tribute to him to, at the beginning of the ball game. That was cool. You had Jason Witten, who voiced the deal. But, yeah, I'm sitting there as a lifelong guy. Yeah. Well, that's eh. what – it's funny because eh. – we were. T- ah! I talked about this yesterday on the air, and Jerry Recco is also over there as a big Cowboy yeah. fan. You know, he felt the same way, and he said he thought that the building was sort of like the same way, too. Like, <laughs> uh, like we've, like we've moved on, right? right? You're indifferent to it. Cool, you want to recognize what you owe, but... Uh. Well, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he really didn't... When you are a quarterback of a team that's won multiple Super Bowls, and you've had teams that have defined eras of the NFL... And you are there for an extended period of time as the starting quarterback, and you don't even go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, don't even sniff it. Right. I mean, he didn't even play in an NFC title game. No. Did he? So well, I don't believe he got. Nope. They, they robbed him at, they're at Green Bay. Right. That would have so, been yeah that one. But well, I mean, then how can you really look at his career as something well, you, that was you, tremendously you, successful? It was successful from a stat standpoint. I believe he has the. All-time leader in completions, touchdowns, passing yards, stuff of, of, of that uh, nature. But uh, that's great. Yeah, I, I'm not knocking the guy. He did far more 
good in the league than I did, but uh, when you're you're playing for the Dallas Cowboys, there's only one stat that matters, and that's Super Bowls. And you can say that about the Steelers. You can say that about the 49ers. Uh, at least you used to be able to say that about the 49ers. And, and there are just certain teams where that's what it's about. And uh, so when you come along and, and you're playing that position and all the greats that have come before you, uh, and, and I still put him behind Danny White. And Danny White sniffed Super Bowls. He got the NFC Championship games, played well in them, came up short. Uh, a couple times, but uh, when you don't even get to an NFC championship game, and it's not all on the quarterback, uh, but you don't get there, nah, you know, great tribute, but that's it. Are you into J-Lo and A-Rod as a couple? Is this something I that you're into? I couldn't give a damn. Yeah, Why I figured you would. I? Yeah, I figured you would. Yeah, I, they were showing them all over the television Saturday at the Miami, Virginia Tech. They were on the game. kiss cam. Oh, they on the, was that the kiss cam? They were on the kiss cam. Well, did, they they, were, did they notice that they were on the kiss cam? Yeah, and I guess they avoided the kiss. They didn't want to kiss? They should, wouldn't. Should, do you feel compelled when you're on the kiss cam to kiss? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, most Would people you do. No, I, I hate the kiss cam. It's uh. funny because I went to so many Mets games over the years, and there was one year in 2005, I went to 41 home games. All right, so more. So wow. Half, more than half the home games Good in 2005 life. I went to. And I used to boo every single time that kiss cam came on. I'd boo the hell out of it. I hated it. So I was so serious as a fan. So I can't stand the kiss. Even to this day, I can't stand the kiss cam. People still come up to me like, hey, you still hate that kiss cam? Yeah, I do, actually. I can't stand the kiss cam. 12 years later. Yeah. But uh, so people people still seem to be uh, into the kiss cam. But they, they did not kiss on that. Uh, these two, I, I've re- I know it's tough because I know they've done some nice charitable work for some of the hurricane relief stuff yeah. and, and they're they're powering together because they're a power couple and they're they're doing good things but like these two together it just it really is stomach turning to it me. It doesn't bother me whoever we're discussing whether it's these two or any other two I just I this A Rod redemption damn. thing is just I don't give a damn about them kissing. Like I how did A Rod care be? less, Mikey B. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just don't know how A Rod's turned into this guy that like is because he 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 made amends, he apologized to everyone, he had uh, derided and and sorry, he, I, it was it was uh, came across as being authentic, genuine, and, but, and so uh, that's why. But you can and, and, and speaking of the broadcast, he's turned into a pretty good broadcaster as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I could see someone not being despised any longer for the reasons you gave, but he's gone from not being despised to like like the upper echelon of people that are liked right now. It's just it's crazy. I mean, you don't see that as crazy in a short amount of time like that. Well, nope. Okay. I, I don't. People have forgiven him and and they moved on. Okay. Move on, G. I I'm not spending Quit all that the much kiss cam. time on it. But I just I'm I'm just tired of them. I don't I don't. You're tired I'm, of them I'm, already. They just started. How are you tired of them? Because already? I can't avoid started. it. You can't avoid it. I just saw them Saturday. That was it. What else do you see them? Well, you saw them. Did you want to see them? You don't even care. They're there. You see them. I saw them. They're on they, the they, covers they, of they, magazines, they, and TV shows, well, and this and that, whatever. They're they, everywhere. <laughs> they, a Rod. They stayed on them too long. J Rod. They're just sitting there watching the game. There was nothing A-Lo. to see. A Lo. There's nothing to see. I mean, there was something to see later when they were dragging that drunk woman out of the stadium. But other than that, oh there was nothing goodness. to see. Yes. Yeah. What's wrong with people? I don't know. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and, and that, crazy. That belligerent, that wasted at a football game. And 
You got officers, four or five, pulling your butt out of the stadium, and you hit one. And he hit back. There is a guy who covers the Packers, and he does. He listens to the police scanner at Lambeau Field for home games. And it is so funny what he tweets out. But we'll I'll go back to it later in the show because we have to break. We got Dave Deal coming up. But it is just what happens at, at football games makes me never want to go to a football game ever again. All right, coming up next, bogus update. David Deal of CBS Sports and Fox, two-time Super Bowl champion. We're coming right back. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Bogish is back with us. What's up, Bogish? Gentlemen, the Green Bay Packers now 0 for 2 with Brett Hundley replacing the injured Aaron Rodgers. 14-0 Lions late second quarter at Lambeau last night, then 23 early in the fourth quarter when Hundley fell across the goal line for Green Bay's first touchdown. Detroit responded immediately. Lions on second and nine from the Packer 11. Stafford out of the gun. He's got it. Wants to throw. Looking right. Throws. End zone. It is... Did he get it? He did! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Marvin Jones, oh, what a catch! Dan Miller, Lions Radio, Matthew Stafford, Marvin Jones hooked up twice for points. Jones and Golden Tate combined for 14 catches and 220 yards receiving. Hundley more than doubled his completions, almost tripled his passing yards from his first start and wasn't picked off last night, but no touchdown passes, and his team was never really in the game, but still... A ringing endorsement from head coach Mike McCarthy. Brett Hundley was played better today, and um, I have great faith in Brett. Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley's not not our issue right now. Green, he is. Green Bay has now <laughs> lost three straight overall. The Lions had dropped three in a row. Both teams are four and four overall. A three-judge panel from the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals will rule on a preliminary injunction for Ezekiel Elliott's six-game domestic violence suspension by Thursday night or Friday. In the meantime, Elliott will practice this week in Dallas. The Bucks are shutting down QB Jameis Winston for a few weeks because of that nagging shoulder injury while the NFL is shutting down Bucks receiver Mike Evans for a week for running through Marshawn Lattimore's back Sunday in New Orleans. Lattimore was involved with Winston along the sideline. Evans is appealing, and Brock Osweiler has earned a second straight start I mean, for the Broncos. <laughs> they played the Patriots this weekend. I can't stand Thoughts that and guy, prayers man. to him. I just can't. You like, can't I, what? I can't stand Osweiler. I thought oh. I was done with this guy. <laughs> and then to get another start after that? I mean, I, I guess Paxton Lynch isn't healthy yet, and Simeon was that bad for them. But And then the way Osweiler, when he got back to Denver, the whole, I would have come back to be a water boy. Or, oh, I mean, I would have come back here and played for free, and I should have never left. And blah, blah. Like, yeah, like it was the other organization's fault. Right. Right? Like Deshaun Watson, he couldn't thrive in uh, in Houston, right? No, no. Give me a break. <laughs> right? You know the Browns are a mess, but they didn't watch you anyway. Yeah. Just this That's, guy, how, get him how, out of here. How horrible do you have to be that the Browns, who've gone to, what, 30 quarterbacks over the last decade? <laughs> right. Uh, how bad do you have to be when they don't want you? pathetic that's he when stinks. you know yeah i can't that that denver team is about as, as big of a mess as anybody right now so anyway sorry bogus uh in the nba last night the warriors down the heat 97 80 despite failing to score 100 points for the first time this season brooklyn a 98 92 win in phoenix and the celtics got by the hawks 110 107 for their ninth straight win welcome back geo kuznetsov holding a shot from og black rebound he scores Arizona! 
doesn't make any sense. Three, it doesn't. Still don't know no. what it means. Uh, three to the final in Washington. That, of course, is John Walton on Caps Radio. Boys. All right. Thanks, Bogus. Mm. Joining us right now, David Deal, two-time Super Bowl champion offensive lineman for the New York Giants, now with CBS Sports and Fox. Dave, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, Gio and Jones. I'm excellent, fellas. How are you guys? We're doing great, doing man. Well, man. Thanks for joining us, as always. And Listen, the Giants are one of those organizations, you play for them, you have that pride for the rest of your life. Like, and most people who have put that uniform on are really proud of it. You stick with them, you go back. You guys were on the field recently honoring one of the past championship teams. And then you see what you saw on Sunday as a former player, as two Super Bowl rings. And you're watching guys look like they don't want to be there at times. And you're losing to an upstart team in the Rams 51 to 17. You, as a former Giant player, how angry do you get when you watch that, especially at a home game uh, when you're a, you know, you're a former Giant? I mean, obviously, it's very difficult to watch. I was there working all day on Sunday, watching that game there until the final, uh, uh, second went off of the clock and scoreboard, and it was difficult. I mean, you knew it already was going to be an uphill battle in this football game, considering there was no Goodson, no Casillas, no Olivier Vernon, no Janoris Jenkins, no Weston Richburg, no Justin Pugh. So, like, when you're missing that amount of starters, you already know in itself that it's going to be a difficult time to win that football game. And more than anything, when it comes times like that and you have that many guys missing that are starters – that players need to maximize and make sure that they take advantage of the opportunity not only to represent themselves, because when you're 1-7, and seven, like they are currently, or now 1-8, and eight, when you represent yourself, you have to also represent your organization. And the way that they went and played out, do I think everybody shut it down? Do I think the entire team did not get effort? No, I, that, that, that's not the case, because I've gone back, I've watched the entire film, but there are certain instances and plays where you see Eli Apple. You break down in coverage. You give up a touchdown to Sammy Watkins. It's third and 33, and you don't go to make the tackle. You talk about, oh, there needs to be a culture change. Well, son, you've got eight games left to show that you are not part of that culture change or you are a part of the problem, and you're going to be seeing yourself out of that locker room. And that's what you have to see when you look forward here now. They've got the 49ers. They've got eight games left on the season, four at home, four on the road. And people think, oh, you know, and, and remember me, oh, two Super Bowls. I've been on teams that were four and 12. I've been on eight and eight. I've been on seven and nine. And when you're on those teams, you look to the left and you look to the right and you see the true character of the players in your locker room when adversity hits. And I'll never forget. 2003, my rookie year, Jim Fossil was the head coach. Four games left. He, they uh, announced to everybody else that Coach Fossil's only going to coach the last four games. And then after that season, there's going to be a coaching change. Coach Fossil comes into the room that Wednesday morning with four games left and says, hey, this ship is going down, but a lot of you guys are coming with me. He goes, you got four games left to prove who you are and prove who you are as a football player and represent this organization the right way. Because this isn't the only organization watching. There's 31 others watching just how you perform and how you prepare and how you go out and play. He walks out of the door. Two minutes later, Wellington Merrill walks in. 
gentlemen, it's an honor and a privilege to be a New York Giant. If you're not going to handle yourself with pride, like a winner, and with dignity, come upstairs. I'll give you your check for the next four weeks, and you can get out of this building. And that's what you have to think about, because right now where they're at as a football team and where they're at as an organization, you've got eight games left to prove yourself. And if you don't maximize this opportunity and capitalize on this opportunity, you're a part of the problem, and you're not going to be a part of the solution, and you're going to be seeing yourself out of that locker room by the end of the year. Wow, that's powerful, man. Yeah, being on those bad teams, it's difficult to get up and go to work, but you have to do it. Uh, I think you said Eli Apple, a second-year player, a guy who's done nothing in this league really to speak of, uh, he was questioning the culture. Yeah. Did I hear you correctly when you said that? Yeah, he said that uh, earlier uh, in the season. Uh, of all people to question the culture, a guy whose mama has to hold his hand, it seems like, at every turn, at every pass, and then you go out there and, and, and lay down that type of performance, and you're talking about culture. How about you just stick your head in your damn playbook and learn how to become a better NFL player instead of questioning culture. But that leads me to another question uh, to you, David. Uh, When you look at the leaders on their team, who can you point to as leaders? Uh, Usually, ideally, it's always the quarterback, and and you play with Eli, of course, and and you got those Super Bowl rings uh, along with him. Uh, Could you uh, describe to us his leadership characteristics? Oh, uh, Eli's an unbelievable leader. Uh, The way that he handles himself, the way that he prepares, the way that he communicates not only to the offensive line, but to the wide receivers, the running backs. And we all know Eli's not that big yelling, screaming guy like like Peyton was his brother, like we would see him getting after people. Mm -hmm. But Eli doesn't have to be that guy. Based upon the way that he approaches the game, the way that he practices day in and day out, and we always used to say, Eli doesn't have to yell at you. He would give you the look. It was like the look when your mom and dad were disappointed. They weren't mad at you, and it would just crush you. And that's the look that he gives guys, and that's the accountability. And I'll tell you this, he's got that fire inside of him. If you don't run the right route, if you don't do it in practice, and you don't do it consistently, he'll pull you out of the lineup. Gio and Jones with David Deal across the country on CBS Sports Radio. I was really disappointed in some of the reaction from the Giants locker room, and especially the head coach, Ben McAdoo, after that performance because I I know there's something to be said about having uh, an even keel and not overreacting, but... You know, to, to have him basically say that, no, he wasn't embarrassed and the effort's there and these guys are practicing hard. I mean, come on. Nobody's buying that stuff, and especially with Giants fans. Like, Giants fans aren't going to want to hear that after that performance. These people have been season ticket holders for 100 years, passing it through their family, and they watch that garbage on Sunday, and then you hear stuff like, oh, no, I think the effort's here. No, it's not. I really think that this is a crossroads for him as a coach. If you're Ben McAdoo, what do you do to try to make this season somewhat salvageable so his job isn't on the line after year two? Well, first of all, it is embarrassing. When you lose to that score, regardless of when it comes to effort or not, it's embarrassing to lose at home in that type of fashion. So I agree with you in that regard, and I think John Mara and the rest of the organization echoed that sentiment on how bad it was to sit there and watch that, and you hear every Giants fan talk about it. But for Coach McAdoo, the great coaches are the ones that make men do what they don't want to do so they become what they can become. So for him, if he's a great coach, if he's the coach that is a head coach in the NFL, he will find ways to not only motivate but to get the best out of his players, that they go out, they play good football, 
they don't have mental breakdowns like they did this last game up against the Los Angeles Rams off of a bye of all things, and that you go and you play good football and represent yourself. But more than anything, you represent the Giants organization the way it deserves to be represented. So, you know, when you talk and you talk about the way that the rest of the season is going to go on, you know, like I said, this is a time for him to prove what type of coach he is because I know personally, you know, we were in seasons that we didn't have a – we should have had a chance to win games. But Coach Coughlin found ways to motivate guys. He found ways to get guys to be opportunistic. We had great leaders in our locker room. And we went out there and we went and we swung and we fought and we got our way out of hole. David, is this a – is it a scheme issue or is it an effort issue? And I would point to Sunday and say there was a lot of effort issues in that one. But you mentioned all the guys who were out of the lineup. But this is something that's been evolving throughout this season. So is it more of the philosophy or have you been able to put your finger on what the issue is? I wish I was able to put my finger on the exact pulse of what it is. Obviously, to sit here and say that injuries didn't play a factor would be completely false. I mean, think about the offense. I mean, everything would go through Odell Beckham Jr., those explosive plays. You think about the way that everybody went into the season with all the expectations, how Evan Ingram, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard were all going to be great counterpieces to take some attention off of Odell Beckham Jr., or if they were going to put it all on him, that they would have other pieces to the puzzle. So the injuries definitely play a huge factor. And with Odell, the injury to him is one of those players that brings out that fire and that confidence and that swag in the rest of the team since he's been out. But having said that, you can't blame losses on injuries. It happens in the NFL. It happens week in and week out, year in and year out. And like I said, the great players – the ones that understand that it's a privilege to be in the NFL, that it's not just something given to you and that you have to earn it, those guys are the ones that step up, and those are the ones that are going to find ways to be successful and prove who they are as football players. For those pretenders, those who don't work as hard, they're going to be the ones that are going to be highlighted. They're the ones that defensive coordinators or offensive coordinators are going to attack. And like I said, pretty soon those players won't be in the NFL. Dave, I know you're always going to have Eli's back, and I, I know that it's not all his fault, but Just certainly like you and Case Keenum. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Trust me, I know they exactly. stick. I know they stick. So, um, so you've got you got a couple of missed throws there to Tavares King in that uh, in that second quarter, and you're thinking about all right if they're going to move on at some point. You're going to have to take a look at David. You're talking about benching Eli. You might as well stop this. Well, I mean, but here's <laughs> let me give you this point. All right. You're going to end up at the top of the draft. Things keep going like this, right? So there might be some quarterbacks there you want to look into. You just spent a third-round pick on Davis Webb. Are you going to go and draft another quarterback if you have no idea who Davis Webb is? I mean, that's basically what I'm getting at. You've got to think about the future at some point. I mean, Eli's not going to play until he's 50 years old. So, I mean, it's a delicate situation. How do you navigate through that? I get, I, believe me, I get it's a delicate situation, and you're building for the future. And, you know, that's one of the toughest things as we're sitting here watching because they're losing years of Eli in his prime. So when it is difficult, and you have to think about the future, but if you think that Eli Manning's part of the problem, that's insane. Yes, there were throws that he could have made, and yes, he did miss Tavares King in this last game. 
But have you seen the throws that he's made on third down with people draped around him, with people falling at his legs? Have you seen some of the hits that he's taken this year? Have you seen him once complain to the media about any of it? Have you heard him ever in his career complain about any of that stuff? Absolutely not. So, you know, you sit here and, you know, you talk about, oh, Eli Manning, it's, it's never as good as you think, and it's never as bad as you think. And just because he has that even-keeled demeanor, people don't think he has that fire. But yet when things are, are, are unbelievable all around him and he's throwing the football out, he's so calm and collected. And then when things are bad, he's showing no emotion. He's the same person day in and day out. So it always cracks me up when I hear people say that. But when it comes to Eli Manning, there is not another quarterback that I w- would put my life on that in those games in the years that I played – that I would rather have behind me than Eli Manning because of his preparation, the way he approaches the game, and his love and his desire to bring out the best not only in himself but in his teammates. So I understand that you want to see what the long-term future is by having a Davis Webb get some opportunities, but to sit here and say that Eli's the problem and they should take him out, I I would be completely against that. David, we love talking to you. We appreciate the time this morning. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you soon. Absolutely, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, man. David Deal, two-time Super Bowl champion, Mm -hmm. former Giants offensive lineman. He's got his boys back. He he contradicted himself. He did. He goes, Uh, privilege to play, and then you earn it. Yeah. I almost brought it up. I almost Mm -hmm. said, you just said the P word. It's not given to you. Yeah. Privilege means it's given to you. It's granted to you. It's a right. You like David, though. I do. So that's why he didn't want to jump down. Sharp dresser, too. Yeah, he's, 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 he does a lot of things right, that David Deal. I'll tell yeah, you that much. Does clean. a lot of things right. Yeah, clean. Yeah, very successful life to this point, David mm-hmm. Deal. You don't think it's going to fall off? Like you don't think it's going to be like nah, a deal, right. a deal scandal out there? Uh, you know? I, well, you never know. No, I don't put that on. I don't. It just wouldn't fit. It doesn't well, fit the profile. Well, a lot of people don't fit the profile. Yeah, yeah I just I, uh, I got faith in him, man. He's going to live. He's going to live I, a great I, life. I, that I David Deal. Go there. I just we'll just let's say we like him a lot. All right, he's doing well. That's it. Leave it at that. Coming up next, college football playoff rankings. Fresh ones coming out tonight. What are we going to see? Coming right back. It's Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Got the college football playoff rankings coming out tonight. Yep. There's a lot of action that will be happening outside of the top four, um, but not as much happening inside of the top four. And it's it was more about not what the the four playoff teams right now, what we're going to see what happened on Saturday, but more about like projecting what conferences are going to be shut out of the playoff. And yeah. now you feel like you're going to have two big ones shut out right. and the two SEC team scenario is becoming more and more plausible uh if you have both of those teams in Georgia and Alabama reach that game undefeated and it's a close game right so i mean that's really the what the story was is like the big 10 demolition that we saw on saturday and and also you're going to have a, i mean a humongous game coming up between Notre Dame and Miami that's going to mean so incredibly much to this. So, you know, I, I don't expect to see a ton of surprises, obviously, tonight uh, with with the rankings. It's, just, it's more about projecting ahead once again to what we may see 
after all the carnage that happened right. on Saturday. And what may transpire is that the, the losses in the, the Big Ten, Penn State and Ohio State, especially Ohio State, since they had the head-to-head win versus Penn State, help Notre Dame, if Notre Dame's able to get past Miami, really helps them in, in their cause because they're not going to have that 13th ball game, a conference championship, in, in which you get to leave a last impression uh, and and so uh, that helps them, and Big Ten could be shut out. We'll see what Wisconsin does. I, I, I'm jumping on that Iowa bandwagon because they played so well coming off of their bye week, and they really went back to old man football and just punished Ohio State, hit them in the mouth offensively, defensively, ran for over 200 yards against them, uh, passed the ball. They did whatever the hell they wanted to do, and defensively, after giving up 17 early, only allowed seven after that, so they really shut them down uh, for the rest of the ball game. And, and you're going up against a Wisconsin team on the road. I know it's at Madison uh, that's uh, hurting now. They just lost their top uh, wide receiver. They, they lost their middle linebacker, Chris Orr. So they're going to have some holes to fill. And these are two similar teams. They both want to play old man football. So you know it's going to be one of those smash mouth uh, games. But uh, you have that, and you have Miami now heading to – to our, our Notre Dame heading to Miami, and, 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 and I, I should have known this just as I jump off the Miami bandwagon because they got off to these slow starts each and every game, barreling winning there at UNC. They go out and play damn near the, a perfect game. I mean, they did have the three interceptions by Malik Rozier, but that one's going to have a lot to do with how this season plays out. But Miami looks to be back. I believe they are back. And when they can run the rock in the manner in which they did, look out. And when they can shut down your running game, which they did to Vitek, uh, look out. So uh, it, it should be fun, but you're right. I don't think there's going to be any – no changes up front. You know, maybe uh, Clemson winning, you know, at NC State, you know, they'll probably hold their spot. Uh, maybe Oklahoma jumps in ahead of Notre Dame. Uh, Oklahoma taking on a ranked Oklahoma State team on the road, winning that ball yeah, game. But, I mean, the Ohio State loss has got to impact the resume for Oklahoma, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and see, that's the, the part I hate about this stuff is where you have to care. You beat a team way back in week two, and then you have to carry their resume with you the rest of the season. I know it sucks, but that's how they look at that well, stuff. Well, okay, man. but you still just beat a, a ranked team in their place, and, and that's fresh in our memory. And Notre Dame, while I know they took their foot off the, the gas pedal versus Wake Forest, first time all year they've allowed more than 20 points. That defense there for the Fighting Irish, I, I think maybe Oklahoma could jump in the top four. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one. Be very interesting. Oh, the Notre Dame fans would flip. <laughs> they would totally flip out. Yep. Yeah, and I, I know that you probably have a different take on this from you know where you grew up and the, the SEC stuff. But for me, growing up in New York, where there isn't a consensus college football team that people root for, the two most obnoxious bandwagon fan bases out there meet in Miami and Notre Dame this week with a lot on the line. Like, there are so many people that I know that are Miami fans because of the U and mm-hmm. Notre Dame fans because of Rudy. That <laughs> I hope not just, because of Rudy. I'm telling you, just yeah. make me sick. By the way, Rudy blew up as much as I did. This guy gained, like, he is huge, the guy who played Rudy. Never saw the movie and no, never want to see it. And, and Rudy sucked. <laughs> Rudy Rudiger, man. Rudy, come on. Was all the stuff he had to battle against in the 1960s? Yeah. I mean, find, Car- carrying jocks. And- find me someone in the 60s that had that much adversity as <laughs> Rudy Rudiger did. It's true. 
um, <laughs> be able to overcome that and get carried <laughs> off the field. Uh, no, I mean, I actually think that this guy gained more weight than I did in the last couple of years. He is gigantic. I mean, he might have put on, from Rudy to now, that guy might have put on 150 pounds. Mm. Unbelievable. Sean Astin, the character. He played, was in Stranger Things, too. That's how I... I mean, he was he was in that played the Bob something, big right, big yeah he he got bloated he got huge was it for the character or no I don't know man but good for him I was I was I loved to see that ah. that was great I was yeah. so happy for him I was like that's the guy from Rudy <laughs> yeah I know he got big he's humongous yeah no I know <laughs> um I, I don't even know what the, oh yeah so those two fan bases I can't stand them so like at least one of them is going to be upset yeah which will which which will be good but yeah they, like there's I have so many friends that like they. Didn't go to a big college. Yeah. Don't have an allegiance. And then they just like became a leech to one of those two teams. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting also to see what happens in this Michigan State and, and Ohio State ball game. Michigan State now controlling uh, its own destiny. If they can knock off Ohio State, get to that uh, Big Ten championship game, and then uh, if if it's Wisconsin they lock horns with and, and, and could win, you know, uh, either way, whoever wins that one, if it's Wisconsin going to Michigan State, you would think they would probably still be in the uh, the, the college football playoff. But it's going to get very interesting. But to your point about now, does it look a lot clearer as far as two SEC teams uh, making the, the, the dance? Yeah. Uh, if Georgia has a tough one on our air versus Auburn. That should be a fun ball game. I think I'm leaning Georgia at this point. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, Alabama, Mississippi State, with the injuries on that that defense for Alabama, I think that possibly gives Mississippi State a chance. Not much because they're a one-trick pony, especially in the big ball games at Auburn, at Georgia. Uh, passed for about forty-five percent in one, thirty-five in another. Could they ran the ball well, but that's all they could do. And that running came later in the ball game when it was really out of question. And 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 so, uh, what can they do against this Alabama uh, defense? And what can their defense do to stop Alabama's offense? That's going to be a huge question mark. So there's going to be a lot of upheaval, man. That's what we love about college football. It's going to be crazy again this week. You know, I'm rooting for Wisconsin. That would be amazing. There's no way that if they go in as an undefeated Big Ten, Tony Brook has thrown an interception every at least six straight games. If six they straight, left nine them on out, the season. if they left them out, they wouldn't leave them out. Oh. But you know there's going to be people in that room that say that there's better teams than them. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Gio and Jones come right back. CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.